Hello and welcome to the Unmasked Podcast. We are recording live from Wakanda. Hey, Akira. Hey, girl. What's up? Uh, nothing. I have just been so hyped since last Thursday. Um, listeners, we will be talking about Black Panther tonight, and I am super excited to be talking about this movie as I've gone a lot. <laughs> yes. I'm just excited that the movie's out and, you know, going and seeing it. Um, it was a family event and <sighs> life has changed since this, since watching this movie. Like, you know, life is not the same no more. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? What does that mean? I think, well, really with that, what I mean with that is that, um, you know, I've been talking with my family members about the movie too. Too, and basically just saying that you know, cultural standpoint or you know, to have a film of this monument just you know realizing I think it finally took seeing the movie to finally put it all to on to put it all in perspective to what this film means to either myself personally or what it could mean to other people mm-hmm. and just the backing that it had from Hollywood you know finally here we have a picture that can finally dis- spell that talking point that oh our films don't sell overseas uh guess what they do yeah because i Just think it's at um being like 400 million right now i've heard as a as of a couple of minutes ago i saw some people tweeting um worldwide right now about around 700 million Ooh, i think that oh that's even better maybe i was just looking at the domestic yeah. numbers i think i think so, but yeah, because um, somebody, somebody was tweeting way back, I think it was, I, I don't know if it was, I didn't check the date, but it was right more or less around the time that the, sometime, but someone was making a prediction that the movie was going to make a billion, and yeah, I'm like, okay, if it's already at 700 million worldwide, yeah, I, yeah. Think, we can, I think we can do that. I think it will happen, but, um, but yeah, but just with life changing again and being transported into the world of, of Wakanda to see, you know, to kind of, and just giving you that pride for your culture, for what could be, for what could happen, you know, you just can't help but really like just dig deep and think, okay, if, you know, some things hadn't happened at the same time, you know, these things did happen, but at the same time, you know, just taking the movie in for what it is. And it's just celebrating that black or celebrating that black magic. Yeah, I talked with a, a another friend that I podcast um, with, and she was saying how the scenes where you see T'Challa and Nakia walking like through the market, and I saw it again yesterday for the fourth time. <laughs> so I saw it again yesterday <laughs> with my daughter, and now that I I really know the story, I can fe- I feel like I can look around and really look at what's happening in these scenes. And my friend mm-hmm. was talking about, like, in the market scene, you see all of these people, and they're wearing all of these different clothes, and they're all wearing their natural hair, and you're just looking at these people in the background. And she said she's never felt happier than just being able to see that and seeing that normalized. And um, I was looking at these people, and it looked like these young people just sitting um, in the market eating and just enjoying life with one another. And it makes you think about, you know, I love all of the characters in this film, but I was looking at a Twitter thread where someone was like, I want vignettes of just like, what are regular people in Wakanda doing? Like, you know, do they have a basketball team? That person who's going to college in Wakanda, 
the person who's making that jerk chicken in Wakanda. Um, and people are just, I think, invested in, like you said, knowing what could have happened if certain things in our history hadn't occurred. And, you know, people are calling Wakanda a utopia. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily see it that way because you do see where, why they have a lot, they still have conflict and they did have a history of conflict. And basically mm -hmm. at the end of this movie, they've gone through a, a mini civil war with one another. So, um, yeah. The first time I saw Wakanda, the first time I saw the movie and you see like the architecture that they have in the film of the city. And I was just taken aback by the amount of detail that we see that they are weaving in African culture with this, all of these um, advances that they've made with technology. You see like the grass hut roofs and you see um, some of the buildings are shaped like spears and the terraces and things. So yeah. it was just this great marriage of tradition and innovation, which yeah, I really like. Definitely. So, you, so who did you see it with? Who did you see it with the first time? Is that your only time? Yes, but I think we should celebrate the fact that I managed to see it opening weekend. You know, because sometimes it's going to take because I knew y'all was going to drag me if I did not do <laughs> it. So, yes, but no, I was like, for this one, I got to it. We have to. But, um, so yeah, when I saw it, I went to go with um, my mom, my sister, my niece, my nephew my brother, um, and also my niece's boyfriend. So, um, yeah, we were all, I was thinking we're all going to sit in the same row together, but my brother, my niece, and her boyfriend just go sit in the aisle on the next aisle over. I'm like, y'all don't want to sit with us? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And what were, what was the conversation like after, <laughs> but, what was the conversation but, uh, like after you guys left? Uh, well, more so, I think I I had more of a conversation with my mom than anybody else. But um, but yeah, but we also were talking again about how for black representation in films, you know, she's saying, um, you know, from films that she'd seen, you know, around her time growing up. And she, I mean, my mom just she loved the movie. Um, I always say that going with going to the movies with my mom is an experience in itself. Um, my sister always jokes that she can go see a movie with me or my mom because if it's a comedy, we're both laughing loud. <laughs> or, um, but you know, but my mom also just comes from that you know that crowd that want you know if she feels the need to scream at the screen, <laughs> she'll I, I, at the I can, screaming at the movie screen a bit. But like I can appreciate that yeah. though. I can appreciate, I like right. that because, you know, I went, the, the first time I went, there were, you know, and where I live, there are not a lot of black people, period. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. fact that there were 10 black people in my film, I and they were all together sitting in a row and I was, I kept looking back at them like, I want to come sit with you guys. Um, but, <laughs> but I can appreciate the, the yelling at the screen because, you know, someone growing up in the South. That, you know, you're used to that in a movie and you can appreciate it. And this last time I went, there were some right. older ladies who could be my older aunties or my mom and they were being loud in the theater. And I was like, thank you. I need that feedback. I need to know I'm not the right. only one feeling these things. For real, like just that instant, um, you know, that, 
that instant audience reaction, you know, because I'm like, you know, let like let mom liven it up a bit, because um, even because even um, other people that were sitting around us. Um, there were some things that my mom was saying back at the screen, like uh, with, uh, towards Michael B. Jordan's character. Um, you know, she at one point just calls out traitor, and then the whole crowd just starts laughing at her for <laughs> what she's saying. So, so I think appreciative of that commentary. And she's been told um, a few times that, you know, by other goers that were in the theater with us they were just you know you made me enjoy the movie that much more so oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. that's awesome so yes. the world so do you plan on going back again yes i do definitely definitely planning to go to just go back and soak it all up in again because i mean initially because with the first screening and i remember you and southern cynic about this after um after i just left the theater with um some of the scenes in the beginning of the film the night you know mm -hmm. around nighttime i was just was y'all screen that you know like real dark it was hard to see um and you yeah and you guys said yes for maybe like one or two of the scenes like, i don't know if it was with my uh where i went in particular but i think it was for at least three or so scenes where they were set where it was set during the nighttime that the vision was just really 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 dark and of course me going out going at it from an analytical standpoint i'm like well maybe are we supposed to be seeing it through judge uh, uh from through his eyes when he's got the mask when he's got his full costume on is that is that, is that how we're supposed to interpret it or you know yeah <laughs> that was just yeah. me but definitely gonna go see it again and watch out and definitely watching for that. But again, just to go back and see it, just to soak it all up again and get, you know, come out with a different experience as opposed to watching it the first time. But And I yeah. do think, you, I, I definitely think you should see it more than once because the first, I don't yeah. know about you, but the first time I saw it, there was a lot I couldn't take in because I felt very emotional through most of the movie. And yes. Like, most a lot of the movie I had like my hand over my mouth because I was literally like on the edge of my seat about yeah. you know and just mm -hmm. trying to take so much in at once and and also you know the fact that they all had accents which mm -hmm. I like that they were attempting to be authentic but you really do have to concentrate on what they're saying because I don't have familiarity with um the accents that they were using and I really appreciated that they spoke um, in traditional language at times and we got subtitles. I thought those were all, you know, could have been risks that Ryan Coogler decided to take because, you know, kids like to come to these movies. And the second time I went, there was a guy, there was a man next to me with his son. And I knew that boy didn't get much out of the movie because of his age, because he didn't understand what was being said and he couldn't read. So <laughs> I thought those were risks that yeah. Ryan Coogler took, but I appreciated the authenticity of the movie. Yeah. But seeing it a second and a third and a fourth time, you can definitely pick up things that I totally missed the first time. Like, like the person who did the voiceover, you know, when it first comes on and the mm -hmm. little boy says, can you tell me a story, Baba? And um, I assumed that was T'Challa, but it's not T'Challa. And I didn't even catch that until like the third time. Yeah, so definitely going to have to go back. Um, it's definitely required viewing, required, required multiple viewings. Um, 
I remember my sister was also telling me that she knew a couple of people that were going to see it multiple times in this in a single day. So like, you know, it was yeah, the commitment to going to see the movie was so real. But um, even thinking, of course, with the inevitable sequels, okay, where are they going to go with that? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot to dive into. But you know, yeah, let's de- let's dive on into it. Let's even more. dive into it. So let's start by talking about the women of Wakanda. What did yes. you, what were your thoughts about the representation of the women in the story? I mean, I personally try not to learn too much. Like, I try not to look at the trailers too much or any of the fan theories because I just wanted to experience it. Um, But I didn't know about the Dora ahead of time and some of that lore around them. So what was it like for you when you're seeing these women on screen? Well, like you, I didn't want to watch too, want to read into too many watch the trailers too many times or read and go on to fan sites and read um, too much into it. I wanted, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of go in without um, a lot of additional information rather than what I was going to see on the screen. But the women of Wakanda, I was all for it. I really don't know if I have the words to describe how I feel about the women in these in the in this movie. <laughs> they were just so strong, so fierce, and just like the badass, just the badass representation of like you know we as black women. It's like yes, we know that we're like this, but to see it manifested on a screen, it was just it gave me so many feels throughout the movie. Um, you know, and uh, yes, but the Dora, I'm all about the Dora. Oh, I loved, loved, just loved them all for what, for what every woman brought to the movie. You know, I loved the Dora for their strength. I loved Nakia for um, her independence. I loved, um, you know, Angela Bassett just for that, you know, that motherly strength. And then, um, Sure. Oh my God. Yes. And of course, his sister and Charles' sister, Shuri. Oh my God. She was Shuri. She was just, yes, just, yes, loved. It's hard to pick a favorite. It's hard to pick a favorite. See, you yeah. were like I was. It's very hard, too. You're like I was after the first time because I'm like, I can't, I feel so inarticulate right now. Um, yeah. But, you know, now I feel like I can say something. Um, I do have to say that we, we did see all these strong women. We got to see them doing all these things that we've seen women do. I appreciated the different hues of skin tone in the movie. That mm-hmm. was nice to see on screen. And I like borderline want to shave my hair, my hair off. <laughs> Like, I'm almost there, but not quite. If I was going to do that. Yeah. I, I remember that. you asked her, were you, you know, were you going to do that? And I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't, I'm not that dedicated. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I'll probably, I mean, I'm like, if I wanted to try it out, I was like, I'll probably at the most do, a, you know, a bald cap or something. But yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the women also appreciated seeing the um, the variety of the 
each brought some, they, they each brought their own individual traits and something different. Like you never really got the same thing from each female character. And that's one thing that I could definitely appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just the main thing that I could appreciate from the, you know, from these strong female characters was the fact that at all intimidated by were treated as equals, if not superior to the men. Mm -hmm. So that was the one thing that I really loved the most. And yeah, yeah that's a good point because like, even like, um, you know, like it's just, yeah, even at the, towards the end, um, before we see the climactic battle scene between Eric and T'Challa and the Dora with the, the river tribe or the border tribe, when they were in the council and Eric Killmonger was telling them his plan for Wakanda and the rest of the world, Okoye still stood up to him, you know, although she is loyal to Wakanda and loyal to the throne, she still was brave enough to, you know, speak out against what Eric wanted, although Wakabi was not supportive. Yeah. She was the only one to voice dissent in that situation. And I, you know, I liked that. I liked seeing that. Again, with that strength of not being able to speak out, because again, you know, we've seen so many movies where, and also historically, you know, women are supposed to be, you know, not not so vocal about their opinions or anything. So again, that to see that um, openness celebrated and even encouraged, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like, again, like we always say, like, like seeing, seeing things like that matter, you know? It's true. But did you think now, you know, of course, there's been tons of articles already. I mean, it's only the second weekend and there's been lots of articles written about Black Panther, feminism and Black Panther. People have been now that they've broken the Twitter silence and we feel like we can spoil things now there was like a Black Panther chat mm -hmm. today, et cetera. While we did see these women in these fierce roles, we got to see them almost as equal to men. Did you feel like sometimes we still saw that traditional, I'll be loyal no matter what role and um, with T'Challa's mother, with Ramonda, she was still kind of in that more traditional role as mother caretaker so while we did see a lot of maybe equality with the women there was still some of those um some stereotypes that you know this this movie isn't going to be perfect but there were, were still i think some of the standard stereotypes with women um that we did see as well but i think that's okay yeah figure um yeah, you know, being loyal to an extent, kind of being that support figure, not being tool or anything like that. I mean, probably being vocal when need be, when absolutely necessary, which, um, you know, for her character, I felt that that's probably when um, uh, when they had found out that Attila was still, you know, still alive and her taking her taking charge in, charge in that moment to bring her son back. So... But yeah, um, yeah, like you say, you know, a film isn't going to be 100% perfect. So mm -hmm. there were, there would be some moments where there was that stereotype. But so I think, but I think, even though that was the case, I still think that 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 there was still authenticity in that because, you know, you know, like that was just 
her, you know, her role for her role at that time for that, you know, for those situations, you know, her, it's her son's time to take his rightful place as king and, and everything. So she's just there to be that support system for him. Mm-hmm. So I can't really, yeah, even though it was, you know, we could say it's stereotypical, I don't really think I can hate on it too much, you know. Oh, I don't hate on it at all. So I, you know, I liked how they presented the women, but I really liked T'Challa's character and how he represented masculinity in the film. Um, Mm -hmm. The conflicts that he showed, the amount of times, you know, he cried in this film. I think we need to see Black men crying on film and you can still be a hero. And the way that he treated Nakia, he was vulnerable with her. The amount of times he Mm -hmm. was just holding her hand, I was like, I want somebody to hold my hand like that. Um, For real. I mean, we definitely, I mean, there's all, there's this perception and, you know, it's across, it's a universal perception. I would say that uh, be vulnerable. It's somehow viewed that when you show any type of vulnerability, that that's a weakness. And I felt that um, it actually takes a lot of strength to allow you to be that vulnerable to you know openly vulnerable to someone if not you know a number of people um so yeah so to see especially to see a man be that vulnerable be that open and not you know not be afraid to show that vulnerability so to me there's a lot of strength there to show vulnerabilities and then and yeah you know like you were saying with the way that he treats nakia uh, you know, that that was just like, okay, go like you. I was like, okay, goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, but we need to see, but we need to see a lot more of that, you know, if not, if not coming from, if not coming from a black man, but coming from all men, it's like, but also, because yeah. um, I think it's also, I guess, expected of a woman to be that vulnerable, but even sometimes still, um, I think even from a female perspective, I think that even some women are still trying to find that balance between, I think it just added more nuance and more layers to that hero persona that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there are moments that he will grapple with in terms of making the, wanting to make the right decision, wanting to be the best king that he can be, knowing he's going to make some mistakes Although initially not wanting to make those mistakes, but having to accept that, okay, yes, you are going to make these mistakes. It's all part of part of learning how to be king or becoming the king you want to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So um, if, you, if you look at how T'Challa was the first time he went to the ancestral plane and saw T'Chaka, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was definitely coming there as a, as not, I want to say as a boy, but more as a son, as, you know, being unsure about how can he be king, as opposed to mm-hmm. how he presented the second time. He was, you know, right. angry. He was disappointed, angry, yelling, crying in his anger, and really mm-hmm. conflicted about what his ancestors had done and particularly what his father had done to um, his cousin and to his uncle. And yeah. I, I, f- I felt like Chadwick Boseman's acting in that second scene, that anger, it was just like, man, that's how my daddy is when he's angry. Like, you could, I could imagine him, like, 
jumping up on his toes when he was punctuating some of those words and that level of anger. It's like, that was very authentic <laughs> in my right. opinion. Yeah, I think it's even, you know, um, T'Challa's character having to come, having to come to grips with, um, you know, things that have been, things that have been done to his cousin that were done by someone that he's idolized so much, you know, um, like you said, and like you said, in his first visit to the ancestors, when he sees her again, he's very, again, coming, coming with that, un, coming with that slight uncertainty of, okay, how can I be the best king that I can be? And then, um, but I think again, when he come, when he goes back the second time, I think then he can finally realize that, okay, yes, as a king, you do have to make these decisions that, you know, may not be the best, oh, you know, may not be the best in hindsight, but again, and, you know, in the moment you try to make the best decision possible um, and try to weigh out what may be the consequences. But um, yeah, I think it's in that moment where he fully realizes what really you know, the full spectrum of what really does entail with being a king and making those harsh decisions. And I think that he can take that and pretty much, again, just take those, take that knowledge of what his father had done and look at it and say, okay, how can I right that wrong? Because that's definitely something that, you know, that was a trait for him even before that bit of information was revealed that, you know, he is someone that when he sees anything wrong in the world or wrong with his people, he's going to want to make it you know, change it and do right by, and do right by the person that's being wrong. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Even, um, you know, I don't know how well you could see this scene if, because it was at the beginning of the movie, the mm -hmm. scene where he went to rescue Nakia, the night scene, and mm -hmm. he realizes that one of the um, persons who had helped capture those kidnapped women was a young boy who had been captured himself. And in that scene, yeah. they were told, um, the boy was told to go with the women and, and to make sure that boy gets back home. And you could see T'Challa staring at that boy. And as a viewer, I was like, there's nothing left for this kid, probably wherever they're taking him. Why don't you take him back to Wakanda? Um, is what mm -hmm. I was thinking as a viewer. And I'm wondering if, we were supposed to think that if that was kind of setting us up for the Eric Killmonger story um, to be able to see that scene before we realized that his father kind of had this choice to make of taking a boy or leaving a boy and he chose to leave the boy as well. So I thought that was some good foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely were right about that. Um, there was, with that being a night, also being a night scene, again, there was only so much that you really could make out. But yeah, I definitely agree with you that that was some really, really, really good foreshadowing there um, between that young boy and um, and then who we will come to know as Eric Killmonger, that he, I think, and again, I don't even think that he right then and there is that, okay, him leaving that boy, you know, maybe that he's also in a way almost allowing history to repeat itself unless maybe mm -hmm. later on he can probably go back and go back and maybe find the boy again but um yeah yeah good foreshadowing there what did, did you okay so when they show us like the scene in london and we see eric for the first time and we see claw 
Were you surprised mm-hmm. when Claw got killed so early in the movie? A bit, yeah. I felt, um, I mean, I guess because initially, I don't know, I guess maybe at a time you kind of get used to there being, I guess with certain, I guess, uh, hero movies that you watch, you sometimes kind of get used to there being more than one villain. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I felt that he was going to be, I mean, I can see why they did it the way that they did it, but, but yeah, it's still too early like I kind of felt that maybe there needed to be a little bit more I was I was personally happy to see him leave the story because I found his character completely irritating like it the the humor like he grated my nerves he grated my nerves from the beginning and I was so happy that I did Mm -hmm. not have to spend two hours and 26 minutes with him um, and pe- people talked several times about how Eric Killmonger treated women in the film because we saw him kill this woman, this black woman who was in the the criminal gang with him um, mm-hmm. with apparently little care about that. Right. And then yeah. we see him when he becomes king, one of his first acts is to abuse that um, shaman, that spiritual leader, because she dared to question him. So, you know, I think people have some conflict about Eric as a character, because on one hand, you can see Eric's point of view with what he was saying about Wakanda not supporting the rest of the, the world or their African mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. But then on the other hand, he really is, he, he has some terrible traits. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you there that, you know, you definitely do see the contrast between how uh, T'Challa treats the women around him versus how Eric treats the women around him. And then also um, with Eric, I felt that, that, you know, you could understand where he was coming from with um, what he wanted to do and his anger towards Wakanda and everything. But also at the same time, you were like, um, does he, you know, does he not realize that he's basically also kind of, in some ways that the mirror kind of needs to be held up in front of his face. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, do you not see what you're doing also? You know, like, but in this, but in this case, towards his own, towards, um, you know, what is supposed to be his own people as well within within Wakanda. Yeah, and you know, that's, that's a good not- point. That's a good point because he even said that when he, when there's a scene where he's challenging T'Challa and he's showing all of the scars on his body and he had told us earlier that that's for every person that he's killed. And he mm-hmm. basically said, I've killed everywhere. I've even killed my, my brothers and sisters in Africa just so I can get Mm -hmm. here and kill you. So, you know, he's such a conflicted character, but he's so flawed in his level of anger that he's doing a lot of the things he, like you said, accused Wakanda of doing. He's causing Mm -hmm. this hurt. I, you know, when we saw that boy on the last scene playing basketball, it made me think, does Eric have any kids running around? the world somewhere (laughs) to like is that the twist (laughs) that would be interesting but um but yeah um yeah um just you know I mean you know me I love um characters with many layers to them and everything so um 
you know, but also on the one hand, I kind of felt like I wanted to get a little bit more out of Eric, you mm-hmm. know, with his character, but you know, for the time that we did have with Eric and, um, you know, what Michael, Michael B. Jordan presented. I mean, um, I remember reading, reading a few people commenting, saying that, um, Killmonger um, for them was right up there pretty much with, um, Heath Ledger's portrayal of Joker and, mm. um, you know, definitely give it, give it, you know, give it that it was that very conflicted. Um, and I think maybe even goes a step beyond Heath Ledger's Joker in that sense of what we were saying earlier that, you know, on one hand, while he's trying to call out the wrongs of what Wakanda did, you know, he became a, he became an exact product of what he's, you know, supposed to be against. Yeah. And T'Challa said that, yeah, T'Challa said that in that, um, when they're having their climactic battle that you've become what you hate. Um, right. Which was good to point out. And, you know, you said you, you wanted more out of that Eric Killmonger character. And you have you seen all the tweets flying around about the four-hour director's cut of Black Panther? No, yeah. I have not. But I am now, now that you've alerted me to it, I'm like, hmm, okay, okay. can we get that? When? Well, when can I, I get that? I'm already like, when is this movie coming out on DVD? Because I, like, need to see it every other day. <laughs> For real, I, I, I mean, I did see something where someone was asked, not someone, I did see a tweet um, where someone was like, oh, you know, well, when can you be able to stream the movie? I think on Netflix or anything like that. And I remember seeing something that was like, oh, maybe as early as September of this year. And I'm like, okay, but that's still not early enough. Uh, like, I need it now. <laughs> but um, well, but, yeah. Right, right now, I'm happy to keep giving them my money because I want them to keep breaking records. But girl, you know there's some bootlegs out. For real, and you can, you can you go, know. you can go find Mookie on the corner and get mm-hmm. you a bootleg. Go to the gas station, but don't do that. Don't do For that. For real, y'all just give them your money. If y'all do that, I'll, give them all I'll, your money. If y'all do that. Yeah, you know these people yeah. with these. Um, the people with the unlocked Amazon fire sticks and stuff. And mm-hmm. somehow they're able to stream these movies while they're in the theater. I don't know how that works, but I know that's a thing, but I hope people will actually go to the movies. Yeah. And continue to, and it's one, it's a movie that requires multiple viewings. Um, I actually also got, you know, have been on one of my, uh, one of my friend's cases about seeing the movie. Um, I think they just now saw it, I think Friday night. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it took you long. But of course, as I'm telling my friend this, I'm laughing also because I'm like, that could have just as easily been me. But I was like, Mm-mm, I gotta go see it. Opening yes. weekend. So, and aren't, you, aren't yes. you glad you did? Yes, I am. Because I do not know how I mean, I do not know how I would have been able to avoid any possible spoilers on Twitter or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, yeah you gotta, I, get, you gotta get out and do it, do it opening weekend, if not opening night. Um, I mean, I was trying, I was debating about trying to go see it that Thursday, but yeah, that didn't, that didn't happen. But I was like, okay, if I don't see it that Thursday, um, the day before it's released, at least let me get out and see it that weekend. So Mm -hmm. yes, happy that I did that. And yeah, like you said, I'll just continue to keep giving them my money. You know, if it helps them get to that one one billion dollar, 
you know, help him make that a little historic, help him make that historic mark, then yes. I mean, heck, they could take my next paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, I, I, I probably will go again. I probably will go again because this morning I was yeah. asking, I went with my daughter yesterday and um, this morning I said, mm -hmm. she said, can I watch a show? I said, yeah, what do you want to see? She goes, can I watch Black Panther again? I'm like, girl, yes. <laughs> I want to say, let's go. <laughs> but I have too much to do today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so who was your, who was your favorite character out of all of them? I got to say, so, okay. Shuri, man, I just, I loved her. Loved her. Um, she was good. Yes, I mean, she was just the smartest person, like, just so smart, so funny. I just, I just, her one-liners was cracking me up. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, right. I, don't, I don't really think I could get any better. Yeah, people yeah. are saying they yeah. want yeah. to see, they want to see Shuri meet Tony Stark because she's so much smarter than him. They want to see come up a little bit of a snark battle mm -hmm. between Shuri and um, Tony Snark, Tony Stark. So um, there is no contest. She's got that. Oh, of course, of course she does. Of course, I mean her lab is so much better than his lab is. First of all, yeah. so that would be good to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we we might see them in Infinity Wars because Infinity Wars is going to be out in a few months, and we know mm -hmm. that Wakanda is going to play a big role in that. So who knows yes. what we might see? Um, my I think my favorite character, like I felt connected to everybody. Like I've never been in a movie where I cared so much about all of the characters. Gosh, it's hard to choose. I mean, the breakout star was um, M'Baku, of course, was the breakout star for the gentleman. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that Eric Killmonger's thighs were their only, you know, they were their own character in of themselves. Um, <laughs> I like Nakia. I liked her. I liked the fact that she was such a nice support for T'Challa. I think mm -hmm. she and Okoya, like Denai and um, Lapita, they acted their butts off in this movie. The emotionality yeah. they were able to show was amazing. Um, my other partner co-host was talking about, do I think this movie could go up for some Oscars? I definitely think they it could. Definitely. Um I just I saw that conversation um earlier today on Twitter and yeah, most definitely they can they can go up and get they can get some things. Um you know, the set design, you know, set design, costume design, director and acting just throw all the award throw all the awards at them. I think the acting was really good. Um not even mm -hmm. definitely for the MCU for all the Marvel movies. I think the level of acting in this movie was was top of those. But compared yeah. to what's coming out right now, I think there's definitely some contenders for that. But do you think that this movie will get the respect it deserves because it is characterized as a comic book movie or a superhero movie? I think that it can get the recognition, you know, awards recognition that it deserves if it's um, marketed right. I mean, there is no denying that, yes, this is a super, but um, really with any awards campaign, I would think that as long as you 
you know, as long as you mark the awards campaign right and you have, you know, have um, have it aligned with the right tastemakers and everything. I mean, if you just basically put all your all your, you know, just all your manpower behind it, I think that Black Panther could be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the awards um, awards arena. Um, I mean, because um, a lot of people are also saying that, you know, with respect to this upcoming Oscars, they were saying, I remember when Get Out came, you know, was released in theaters and a lot of people were saying this, you know, this film could actually be an Oscar contender. Yeah. And um, did happen also, but also at the same time, you know, with respect to Oscars, everyone kind of gets in this mindset that, okay, a film has to be released like right within this certain time, you know, time of the year in order for it to really be fresh in people's minds and everything. So for, so for Get Out, I've come out theatrically released the time when it, when it did and to still manage to be able to maintain, to gain um, the award awards recognition and even the Oscars nominations. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that Black Panther could follow in that same pattern. So, like I said, I mean, if it's, um, if, um, if it's a really good awards campaign, do some things. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I had talked about, you know, the fact that it's being released in February, which I'm glad because I didn't want to wait anymore to see it. I almost wonder if right. they re-release it towards the end of the year. I know they've done that in the past with movies. Um, as part of their marketing or getting them um, in the, you know, the buzz back for the movies before the Oscar nominations. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably go see it again <laughs> in like November at the theaters. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, they no, definitely. Yeah, I think they even did with um, with Get Out. I think that they re-released it in um, theaters again. I think it was on last Monday. Remember. President's Day. It was for free at AMC theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So also, but yeah, like you say, you know, they do that with um, a lot of the films that tend, you know, that tend to get the Oscar nominated. They've been out and then they leave the theater and then like the more they may start to get more awards recognition, then they'll probably bring them back to um, just be able to get more people to be able to see them. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that um, also I think, considering that some people I guess are a little bit I don't, I don't know because some people may say feelings about Wonder Woman um mm. not really not really getting any recognition so I think that that you know maybe that will push people a little bit more in the industry to hopefully get you know to put to really make something happen with Black Panther so yeah. did you see Wonder uh, Woman did you see Wonder Woman I did did you, yeah okay. I did I didn't think it was that great. Like for a DC yeah. movie, it was good, but like I felt yeah. um, during the movie, and I was kind of disappointed with the story. And uh, it yeah. was okay, but like I wouldn't say it deserves a war. No, right? I mean, I finally, I'll, yeah, like I finally watched it for the first time when I was flying back from Germany. Um, so I was like, all right. Okay, hold I'm, on, hold know. on, hold on, hold on. So the only reason you watched it is because you were basically held captive in a plane. Hey, whatever gets you to watch a movie, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> no, but, of 
course i was like all right let me let me sit down let me well i'm already sitting down let me watch the movie <laughs> what really do i have to say about wonder woman i mean a lot of stuff that's been said already i mean i feel like if i, I mean I mean, if anything, like there's really only one scene that really like, you know, made me feel some type of way emotionally and that one where she goes into battle. So, but other than that, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, you know. exactly. And with, see, and I was talking to um, this guy I work with and he was talking about how he saw Black Panther. And one of the things he had said was he appreciated that they cast Lapita as Nakia because she was not like this overly voluptuous, um, you know, how the sexualized image of Black women that can be put out there, like the, you know, video vixen type of big butt, big boobs type of thing. Um, and he was saying he uh -huh. liked that they cast someone who didn't look that way. And I was like, I, you know, I never thought about that. And I wonder what it's like, like I've talked to my black friends about Black Panther and my black coworkers about Black Panther, but I wonder what it's like for, you know, white people to see this movie. And for, I have a friend who's from South Africa, what it's like mm -hmm. for her to see this movie. You know, my friend Cecily saw it with two Asian women. I'm like, what is it like for you to see this movie? Um, mm -hmm. I know Grant hasn't seen it yet. So Grant Chain, I hope you've remedied this. I was teasing him last week. I think I was on my second viewing and he was like, he can't mm -hmm. even get into the theater because it's so crazy, but he was going to go see it. So once he sees it, I want to talk to him and like, what was it like for you seeing this movie as someone who is, you know, not black, but you're a member of a group that's also been marginalized in this country. So what is it like for you seeing this movie? So um, I'm sure we'll have more of those conversations going forward. I think this movie is yeah. causing, like you said, people to know that black people are bankable mm -hmm. internationally and that we're talented and that, we're, that we don't have to be slaves. We don't have to enter, be like entertaining stars, you know, to be doing biopics of singers um, or sports figures that we have stories to tell just like regular people. That there, there's a the stories that we have to tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we saw it. We'll see it again. I know I will. So next up is Infinity Wars, which will be in May. And we know that um, like M'Baku is going to be in Infinity Wars. Did you know that? Did you see him in the trailers for that? Yes. And, and also, did you get a chance to watch AM Joy this morning? No, I didn't. What did I miss? Uh, you missed him. He was on her show. Oh, my gosh. I have a DVR. Okay about Black Panther and Infinity War. Oh, yes. oh you have a DVR. Okay, yes. So, um, so tell me what he said. Tell me what he, he is so big and thick, girl. He is like, <laughs> I, have to, I have to go there. I girl, have to go okay, there. but I need to have my mind right to remember what he was talking about. Okay. So, okay, so he was talking, um, you know, with uh, this being um, his... I believe he said it was his first film and he was saying how um he was telling um 
you know, his, he was telling his representative, you know, people that represent him and everything that as far as uh, the type of work that he wants to do as an actor, that he really wanted, he really wants his, his, his uh, platform and the things that he participates be things that really have, um, that really speak, you know, speak, that speak and give a message and will leave an imprint on, you know, anybody that anybody that views it. So definitely Black Panther is def is definitely one of those films. Um, and he was saying that, um, you know, for basically this film became a who's who of Black Hollywood. And mm -hmm. he was saying that, you know, for him, you know, he would have just been happy making them, you know, if he, you know, if his first feature out would have been just making a movie with just any one person from the Black Panther film. And, um, and then, yeah, so, so he said, so they, they talked about that. And he also talked about, um, you know, uh, he um, isn't, you know, immigrated over here and everything. And also talking about, um, you know, what this film, again, means to not only to somebody like him, but what it means to other people. And again, I mean, I mean, one of the things that's just been remarkable about the film is like, not only just what it's not, not just what the film speaks to us as, um, as African-Americans, but also what this film just speaks to everybody else. I think that it just shows you the possibilities are endless, you mm. know, like, mm. yeah. So, um, mm. But yeah, I, that's pretty much, and he also, he also um, talked about um, differences between uh, his character from the comics versus the film. Uh, they were saying that um, they, in the film, they kind of humanized the character a little bit more, gave him a little bit more to work with. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, like I said, I'm, I can't hate on it. You know, he was definitely a good, he was definitely an interesting one to watch and watch during the movie. Inter okay, can I just say, when the Jabari men came out of that cave, I was not prepared. I uh -huh. sat up in my seat and I was like, "What is happening?" Where, where are all these beefy men coming from looking angry and delectable? <laughs> I was like, yes, because, and then I find out that Winston Duke is six foot five, which is my ideal height for a man. And he's beefy. He is just like a slab of beef with some big old thighs. And he's what? He's, a, he's oh. just so beefy. He's just thick. Mm. <laughs> that's like all my boxes he's ticking all my boxes <laughs> he's gonna replace idris for me because you know i was in you know i was in mourning for idris getting um yes. engaged so but I think black winston yeah yeah so black panther came at just the right time it did it, it filled a void for me <laughs> yes it filled an Idris-shaped void in my heart and in my ovaries. Yeah, because mm. when that news hit and the Southern said, I'm like, oh, girl, how is she doing? I was not prepared because I had been out. Remember, I had gone out with my girlfriends and, yes, um, you did. the night before, and we had been talking about Idris, and I had said he was on my list of someone I could cheat uh -huh. on cheat on my husband with if I ever met and then I come home the next day and homeboy has gotten engaged I was just just he just completely killed your fantasy 
He did. He did. But now, but Winston is a little bit young for me. He's still in his 20s, but a girl is just not going to care. I'm just not going to care. Do you think, and so you, you do theater and, you know, do you think that being six foot five is kind of a strike against you in Hollywood? Because most Hollywood male actors are short. You know, mm-hmm. being six foot or six foot one is is tall for for men for acting. Do you think being six foot five will would limit the roles that he would be offered? It could, but it it could, but I think it just really all depends on how open minded the casting directors are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's something if it's something along the line of like, you know, how Sam Esmail pretty much approaches Mr. Robot and it's like, you know, certain roles, most of the roles he'll be like, okay, just, you know, do this role right. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think that as long as casting directors and directors and anybody that's, anybody that is the big decision makers have that open mindset that they don't let his height you know, be the deciding factor, mm-hmm. then I think he can be all right. But again, it just goes, it just goes with, yeah, and depending on how open someone is to having a guy that's six foot. But I mean, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm glad Ryan Coogler was directing this because he, he is one who's, who's good at, he'll cast the same people. Like he's worked with Michael B. Jordan has starred yeah. in all of his movies. So maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're about to work on another yeah. another one together. Yeah, Creed too started shooting. Um, Michael B. Jordan was um, tweeting out the script to to Creed to say they were just starting shooting or Creed two um, to start that, yeah. that shoot. So I have to say, yeah. Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan was not like my cup of tea. Like I liked him in Friday Night Lights. I don't know if you ever saw that series, but I liked his character in Friday Night Lights. He's, I've mm-hmm. you know, found him to be, you know, attractive, definitely not ugly, but something about this character and just seeing like the press with him and Lupita and stuff. I'm like, I'm kind of feeling Michael B. Jordan now. This is new. Okay. I mean, hey, I would say that as far as Michael B. Jordan, I was like, it had to have happened eventually because I remember, I remember, um, you know, seeing um, the trailers for um, Fruitvale Station, and, and I was like, okay, um, you know, taking notice of him then, and uh, seeing, um, oh my God, what's that one movie that, um, Chronicle, Chronicle, seeing him in that, and, um, but yeah, I mean, my, yeah, my, Michael B., <laughs> he's, yeah, pretty much ever since then yeah he's been one that is like okay that you can that i was you know that you have a crush on Mm. but yes like you say with this um you know this open what is it uh, no on call push-up thing that they've got going honey yeah yeah Um, i don't i don't think i think he has i think he has a girlfriend um i know i've seen people talking about him with a girlfriend because i think she might be spicy white if you know what i mean um, so people were complaining about that with him. So I think he's in a relationship, but I know people really want him to be in a relationship with Lapita right now. So I don't know. It's fun to watch. 
Hey listeners, we had some technical difficulties, but that's okay. We appreciate that you stuck with us and listened to Akira and I talk about Black Panther, which we both adored, and probably will see again before it leaves the theaters. If you liked what you heard, please think about subscribing to this podcast. Good night, everybody. Thank you.